the storefronts are still there, the signs are still there, but there's no people. It's just empty and kind of sad. And I think that's the way most companies appear on social media. Hello and welcome to The Growth Business, a podcast sponsored by Sapphire, home of frictionless digital systems. I'm your host, Lucy Thorpe, and this month we're talking to someone who, when it comes to online activity, consistently gets it so right. I'm in awe. He has the knack of starting genuine conversations on LinkedIn with posts which are so engaging you can't help but want to join in too. It's such a fabulous skill. I really want to find out how he does it. The guy is Steve Watt, and he is the Director of Market Insights at Seismic. And if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, may I suggest you start doing so straight away. Welcome, Steve. Wow, thank you, Lucy. Uh, So kind. And uh, thanks so much for having me on. And, you know, isn't it funny how we feel like we already really know each other, even though this is the first time we've spoken? Those dozens and dozens of little micro engagements on LinkedIn go a long way to building relationships, don't they? I feel like I know you, but I'm glad now to finally get the opportunity to get to know Me you. Me too, totally. And doesn't that just go to show that you don't really need to spend hours on LinkedIn every day conversing with people? You can just drop a little comment in or do a little like, and over time, it builds into something much, much more. And that's what we need to, uh, we need to spread the word about that today, don't we, Steve? <laughs> Absolutely. Overtime is a, is a critical part of it. And, and, and also the, the intent, you know, it's, it's not like our engagements have been me trying to sell you something or you trying to sell me something. It's just been authentic human engagement. And, uh, and here we are. So thanks for having me on. Excellent. So um, your bio, which is often where I start with these things, um, talks about buyer centric social selling and client centric employee advocacy. So those are obviously the two prongs of what you do. Let me add a third, talent-centric social recruiting. So I did a post a couple of weeks ago where I actually drew out a Venn diagram with those three things, buyer-centric social selling, client-centric employee advocacy, and talent-centric social recruiting. And where the three circles intersect in the middle is, is that's the really, that's the magic piece. That's where where we have the opportunity to be much more than advertisers, much more than robots. That's where we have the opportunity to be really human and build reputation and build relationships and and engage in authentic conversations. And I believe that these three things, while they seem very different, one's about selling, one's about all the, you know, the the multiple impacts of advocacy and, and one's about recruiting, but they're really not that different because in all three of those areas, we're trying to rise above the crowd. It's hard to sell in a busy competitive world. It's hard to have a advocacy program that actually moves the needle for the business. And it's hard to attract great talent in a competitive world. And there's this incredible opportunity right there in the middle that I sincerely believe most people and and most companies are missing. So yes, that's where I focus. That's what I, I try to drive internally at Seismic. That's what I work with many Seismic customers around the world on. And, and, and that's also what I, I write and, uh, and speak about it every chance I get. So is this what you mean by the super connected enterprise? I'd like to think that we at Sapphire were a super connected enterprise, but I'm not sure what it means if I tried to kind of pick that apart. I'm going to say no offense, but you're probably not because I don't think honestly anyone is yet. 
Um, for me, I, I coined that phrase as an aspirational vision of, you know, it's, it's hard to make progress on a journey if you don't have at least partial clarity on where you're going. And to me, the super connected enterprise is the aspirational goal. And I don't think that any of us are there yet. And what I mean by that is I contrast it to the ghost town. You know, you look at a, an image of an old abandoned mining town or something like that. The storefronts are still there. The signs are still there, but there's no people. It's just empty and kind of sad. And I think that's the way most companies appear on social media and on, and on let's focus on LinkedIn. You know, the signs are there, the, the company page. Great. And maybe there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers on that company page. And there's probably ads being run. Um, you know, the, 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 the company exists, but the people aren't there. You very rarely see, you know, these companies are full of, of like super smart, super passionate, super successful people in all sorts of in sales and in marketing and in customer support and executive leadership and everything else, but they're not there. The company is a ghost town. And so I envision the super connected enterprise is where large quantities of our people really show up and really speak up and really engage in authentic human ways and build relationships at scale and trust at scale with customers and prospects and partners and industry shapers of all sorts. And the, the way I see it is that if you take two companies that are equivalent in every other way, maybe, you know, equivalent size, you know, equivalent market position, but one of them is a ghost town and the other is on the road to becoming a super connected enterprise. I'm going to bet on the latter every time. I mean, that's who I want to work for. That's who I want to buy from. That's who I want to attend their events and consume their content and recommend my friends to go check them out. Um, when you are on a road towards getting hundreds of your people, potentially thousands of your people deeply interwoven into the lives of so many people at that kind of scale, it can be absolutely transformational for the firm. So I don't think you're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. You know, you could say that some, maybe some very small firms are kind of there yet, but it's not at scale, right? It's, it's not that hard to be super connected if you have 20 people. Uh, that's, it's great. And I applaud them, but I, but I think the real opportunity is for us larger firms to get there. So there's sort of two ways I want to take this, this conversation. Maybe we'll have to be very disciplined and do it one by one. On the one hand, there's the kind of look at LinkedIn. Hasn't it become more personal? Hasn't it become a wider conversation as we've gone into the whole COVID situation and lockdowns and we've started getting involved in conversations about so much more than just selling? But then on the other hand, and that's this is my second point, our salespeople aren't necessarily picking up the baton and running with that and capitalizing on that and capitalizing on just how easy it is to reach out and have conversations. I find it quite easy, but then I get it and it's hard to transfer that knowledge. So can we just unpick that a little bit? Like maybe go back to what I was saying about, do you, do you think the conversation has broadened out during the end of COVID times? I think like with many things, the pandemic has been an accelerator more so than a fundamental change agent. I think that it's what it's done is, is it's accelerated some changes that were going on anyways, because I definitely saw this happening back 2017, 2018. You know, we, we've long said, bring your whole self to work. Don't just be a robot, you know, bring your whole self. Well, it's sort of, we started moving into a world of bring your whole self to LinkedIn, be more human, be more authentic, show up, speak up, 
stand for something. You're not just a little advertising robot for your company. Um, you, you're a real human being who, of course, you care about your company and your job and your customer. Yes, you do. And, and that might be a big part of what you care about, but it's not the only thing. So I, I, I think pandemic was an accelerant in this regard. And I think that in a world where perhaps we were lacking a lot of the the face-to-face -face human contact that we all took for granted, that we started seeking and finding more of it on social. And that accelerated the breakdown of those old mindsets that, oh, social is just a broadcast advertising channel. It's just a place to blast promotional messages with transactional mindsets and um, you know direct response metrics. And it became much more a place where we sought out, as you said, real authentic conversation and, and human connection. I think that's a really good thing. You know, some people say like, oh, LinkedIn's turning into Facebook. Like, I don't care about, you know, your pictures of your kids or your pictures of your lunch or whatever. We're all free to do our own thing, right? You don't have to follow people. You don't have to stay connected with people. You can also just scroll on by, right? You know, so so to me, we're, we're all just be, or I shouldn't say all of us because many people are still locked in. <laughs> many people still think it's just a job board. Um, but I, those of us who are showing up, we're all showing up in our own ways. We're all learning and connecting in our own ways. And we're all seeking to advance our own interests, whatever they may be, whether they're selling or hiring or brand building or or simply learning. Um, you know, we're, we're all showing up or many of us are showing up in a, in a much more authentic way. And yeah, I don't think the pandemic caused that, but I think that probably made it bigger and sooner. So then this is the next bit, which is how do we persuade our sales team that this this new pool, this environment where people are happy to show up and, and maybe happy to have a chat is somewhere where they can fish happily without being, oh, what's the word when you just leap on people and sort of try to grab them and sell to them and sort of shake them and then and then leave them on the on the side of the road when they say no. Nobody's there for that. Nobody wants that. I would say nobody gets up in the morning and gets on LinkedIn and says, oh, can't wait to go talk to a bunch of salespeople. Uh, but it doesn't mean that there's not a tremendous sales opportunity here because there is. But it's got to be approached in a different way. And what I challenge salespeople to, say, to, to think differently and say, look, for anyone you hope to speak to, any stakeholder in any business that you hope to engage and you hope to sell to ultimately, well, a hundred other salespeople want to speak with that same person as well. A hundred other salespeople are trying to get their attention. They're emailing them, they're phoning them, they're direct messaging them. If you are just doing the same things that everyone else is, you're just part of the noise. Now, what would it take to be different? What would it take to be signal from that noise? What would it take to rise above that noise? What would it take to become the seller that they actually want to speak to. You know, if 99 other people are trying to force a sales conversation and you are the one who does something different that causes them to want to speak to you, wouldn't that change everything? And of course, every seller says, oh yeah, it'd be great, but you know, how? But at least now I've got their, I've got their attention. I've got them thinking like, 
mm, okay, I get it that probably more of the same of what I'm doing and, and let's face it, more of what everyone else is doing is probably not going to break through. How do I think differently? How do I act differently? Uh, how do I approach this in a different way? With the goal being, like I said, at, at the firm level, I think the goal is that super connected enterprise. At the individual seller level, I think the goal is how do I become the seller they actually want to talk to? That would be game changing. So that's kind of where I start. Another place where I start is, is I try to break down the, the mindset with sellers that they think social is just about leads. It's just about top of funnel lead gen. And, and I always use the old, you know, classic iceberg vision for that, that you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg if you think social is just about leads. I mean, for a seller, social has the opportunity to be about reputation and relationships and trust. And that is a full cycle impact. When you become trusted and respected, when you become someone who has publicly demonstrated real subject matter expertise and publicly demonstrated real passion for what you do and who you do it for and the kinds of outcomes that you bring to your customers and you become the seller that they actually want to talk to because they really believe that you can help them. Well, that doesn't just get you leads, that accelerates every part of the sales cycle. It'll pull together the buying unit faster. Like right now, if I'm gonna take a call with a seller, I'm probably not, <laughs> unless they're doing something special. But if I am, you know, I'm probably gonna take that call alone, right? What's it gonna take for me to bring my boss into that call or, or bring my peers or bring members of my team into that call? What's it gonna take? Well, it, they're gonna have to be something special, aren't they? Like I'm gonna have to have a lot of confidence that this person is not gonna embarrass me or let me down if I'm bringing others into this call. Um, so if they've publicly built their reputation and, and, and I've engaged with them publicly and I've seen them engaging with lots of other people publicly, I've got so much more confidence in them that maybe I'll bring my boss and my peers and a couple members of my team into that first call. Well, that just accelerated the sales cycle for them. Maybe I will move much more quickly to rally the right resources to throughout the sales cycle. Well, that's accelerating their sales cycle, you know, so potentially and done right. A seller not only gets more leads from this, they get so much more. They, they get a, a shorter sales cycle. They get higher win rates. Uh, they get larger deal sizes. They get more referrals. So th those are really the two things that I focus on. Back to your question, how do you get sellers to think a little differently is to one, make them realize how crazy noisy and busy it is out there and get them excited about the idea of being the seller that buyers actually want to speak to. And then the second thing is I get them away from the notion that it's just about leads and, and really get them thinking about the full cycle impact of doing it well. And now I got two good meaty things to talk to them about and, and two kind of, you know, real areas to explore. With. Well, I believe you. <laughs> it's easy as that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's never easy, is it? But, you know, that, those are good starting points. I find, Yeah, anyway. absolutely. Well, I, I really hope that, that, that any salesperson listening to this will, will, will take this to heart. I mean, you don't have to be the most kind of impressive guy in the room to do this, which is sort of something that I've learned because I'm relatively introverted. And I actually think that if, you, if you're not particularly good in real life, you can still be super brilliant online because you can utilize all those qualities that maybe aren't great in real life. I don't know what you think about the well, Yeah, you know, it's funny how often sale, salespeople say, well, I don't know what to say. I can't post on LinkedIn. I don't know what to say. 
And like, this is a person who writes 50 emails a day. You know, <laughs> this is a person who, who takes 10 sales calls a day. This is a person who is constantly enunciating their worldview. They're constantly overcoming objections. They're constantly explaining things from very introductory conversations right to very in the weeds and everything in between. They absolutely do know what to say and they do it a hundred times a day. It's just that they don't yet see the opportunity to do that in public at scale on LinkedIn. It's taking some of those insights and learnings and points of views and objection overcoming, you know, points and proof points and stories and data points, taking those things from your phone calls and from your emails and bringing them to LinkedIn. You do know what to say. You just haven't yet seen that there's another place where you can go say it. Now, I, I do want to know what your trick is, and I'm sure that you've got no, um, <laughs> there's no benefit in you sharing it, but you might do. You always get engagement on your posts. It's so amazing. I looked back at some of your posts, 30, 40, 50 engagements, and the things that you're saying, you're not a shock jock. You're not going out there and being controversial. And yet the things that you say make me and all these other people feel that they've got a contribution to make. It's almost like, oh, well, I can't not join in on this discussion. <laughs> and it's such a special feeling that I don't know, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, thank you, first off. Um, you know, I've never really dissected it in any detail, but I, I think there's a few things. Um, one is, as you said there, there is room for others purposely there's room for others to contribute to you know my posts are not just like look i'm the authority here i'm going to tell you what to do just shut up and do it like that's not the posts but at the other extreme they're not just these completely vague open-ended like hey everyone be good to each other you know there, there's there's a place between i think where you can bring real substance and real value but still leave space for others um bring space for others to bring their stories or bring the challenges that they face, um, you know, such that they do feel welcome to contribute. I think, I think that's part of it. I, I think another part of it is that I actively engage in those comments. It drives me crazy when I see people who post stuff and a bunch of people comment and the author never comes back. Like that's so like, what a missed opportunity. And I liken that to our offline world. Imagine you're at a conference and it's the coffee break and everyone's standing around in their little clusters and you walk up to a group of people and you say something. And just as they start to respond to you, you turn your back and walk away. I mean, <laughs> who, who would do that? Right? Who would do that? Who would do that? No one would do that. But people do that every day on LinkedIn. They post something. Someone asks a question. They never answer it. Someone acknowledges and thanks them and says, oh, Lucy, what a wonderful post. Thank you so much. They never thank them back or, or even click the little like button on the comment. They're just gone. And it leaves a bad, bad taste in you. Like I, I've been on the other side of this. I, I distinctly remember a, a particular senior executive out there who I, I'm not going to name. He wrote a really good post that made some really strong points. And I liked the post. And then I wrote a really, I, like I spent 10 minutes writing this comment, like it meant something to me where I appreciated and acknowledged the, the sense of bulk of what he was saying. And I very politely and respectfully challenged him on one part of it. 
never responded. But then I looked and well, he didn't respond to anyone else. It wasn't about me. It just like, he just didn't care. He threw this out. And, and then one more time, a couple of weeks later, I did a similar thing. Same guy. I engaged in it, never acknowledged me or anyone else again. You know what? Now, when I see him out there, not only do I not comment, I don't even read anymore. I just go on like, whatever, move on by, right? Reciprocity matters. So, um, having some space for people to contribute and then really getting in there. And it's not like you got to babysit LinkedIn all day. Like it's, it's like, I'm not suggesting that you got to sit there and respond in the moment. This is not texting with someone. You don't have to respond to someone right away. Like I, I generally will post in the morning purposefully, uh, you know, eight, eight thirty AM in my local time zone where many of my connections are. And before we're all crazy busy and I'll get a post out there and then, you know, in, in those opening moments, I'll try to respond to a few comments in, in the moment if I can, but then I'm off on calls. I'm busy like we all are, but I circle back. I circle back several times over the course of the day and I like comments. I acknowledge and thank praise. Uh, when, if people are going to praise me, I thank them back, right? If people ask a question, I do my best to answer it. If people challenge me, I do my best to, you know, respond in a, in a, in a constructive way. And, and I think what that does is it tells people that I care and mm -hmm. it tells people that I'm not just broadcasting that I, I, I practice what I preach. I, you know, I say it's a conversation and then I engage in that conversation. So I don't think there's any, there's any magic to it. It's just, if you want to thrive on LinkedIn, you better start seeing it as a conversation rather than a job board or, or a broadcast advertising channel or a hunting ground. And then if you do, in fact, believe that it's a conversation, well, you got to hold up your end of it. I don't know how this happened, but the first time I ever met you, Steve, you dropped a um, message into my LinkedIn direct message inbox. And I'm always a bit suspicious because I always think I'm just about to get a kind of drive-by sale when that happened. And I, <laughs> I don't know who this person what is. What did I say? I don't you remember asked, that. <laughs> you asked me to come to a webinar. Oh, okay. And I remember thinking, right, this I'm being sold to, which my hackles go up immediately. And um, it's like, what does this person want to sell me is my first instinct. Yep. But there was something about the engagement that made me come back to it and go, actually, this sounds like a really interesting <laughs> webinar. And I, I've still got the, the, the thread that I sent to you. And I said something like, I don't normally respond to these messages, but this sounds really interesting. I've signed up and I, I couldn't actually believe that I'd done it. So <laughs> you've obviously got the knack. Of well, thank you. But, but I'll, I'll bet you that we had had a dozen or more little micro engagements in the public conversation before I sent that. I would be willing to bet because it would be very out of the character for me if that wasn't true. Because I do believe that that's another mistake that a lot of people make is they're way too quick to head into the private conversation. They're way too quick to go to those direct messages. And, and I think your reaction to them is very common. It's, it's my, my reaction is the same. Who is this person? Well, what do they want from me? But if you have engaged back and forth in the public conversation for a while, you've kind of earned um, a little bit of leeway there. So I, I like to think that it, the reason you responded favorably wasn't because of something magical that I said in my DM, but because instead, because of the, the little bit of rapport and relationship that we had built in the public conversation kind of gave me in your mind gave me the permission 
to make that gentle ask. Does that sound right? And there would have been social proof out there as well, because I will have seen that you were connected to people that I trust and that, um, you know, that that counts for a lot. So building those that sort of whole yeah. web of that network of, of social proof and trust where you yeah. can just look, oh, he's connected to like 50 people that I know. So he must be OK. But you know what? Go, let me take that thinking further of social proof. Connection's not enough because a lot of people send a lot of connection requests and a lot of people accept any connection request. So there are people out there who might be connected to 50 people. But if I asked all 50 of them, they'd all say, I don't know who that is. I don't know some guy. I think the best social proof comes again from this public conversation. You know, when you see someone showing up and speaking up, when you see someone engaging in conversation publicly with a, a, a pretty clear, honest intent to be helpful and, and, you know, not just, you know, stalking people and, and pitching people, but actually caring about others and engaging in comment. I think to me, that's the best social proof of all. I, you know, I see them commenting and, and joining conversations in lots of ways. And I think, well, this seems like a pretty good person. I see stronger social proof in someone. You might have a small network, a small number of connections in common, but you're exhibiting really good public behavior. That's better social proof to me than someone with 10,000 connections and they're connected to 100 people I know, but I never see them say or do anything. We're coming towards the end of our time. I, I, I am a curious individual. So um, in more ways than one, I, I'd, I'd love to know what it is that you did before social media came along. I was a journalist. Um, what, what did you do? <laughs> I've had a long, I haven't had a career path. I've had a career wander. Um, so I've gone through a lot of things. Don't get me started on too much. But um, it's it's kind of come back to new things in various ways. Um, I started my career in in the big box industry when big box retail was kind of taking over from mom and pop retail. And that was something that was a, a, a change force, right? It was transformational. And I, I dove into that and, and had a great run there. Uh, I was in e-commerce in the early days of that when, when e-commerce was tearing down all, all the old ways. Um, I, I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn. I was an early uh, video creator on uh, YouTube for a, a toy company that I worked for for four years. So been kind of all over the place. I actually worked for LinkedIn for three years relatively early on, like starting in 2011, when it was still very much a, a job board and, and um, uh, like an employer brand play. But really before it became anything what it is now. So um, I've kind of wandered through a bunch of stuff. But, but honestly, despite the fact I've been on LinkedIn since 2006, I didn't believe or see any of the stuff I talk about now until the last few years. I'd say it was probably 2017 before I started to to realize, wow, this is not just a place to get a job. <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a place to build a reputation. This is a place to, to build an incredible network beyond the people that I present or past worked with. This is a place to do this stuff at scale. This is a place to become a magnet for inbound business opportunities. Like it's only been in the last, I'd say five years that the light bulb went on in my head. And then, you know, so I could, we're kind of like all, <laughs> we're all discovering this uh, at different times in different ways. Some people haven't discovered it yet. 
you know, sometimes people think, oh, it's too late. Like I, I, I've only gotten into LinkedIn recently. It's, you know, that ship has sailed. It's too late. And I believe, you know, it really, really hasn't. It's we're, we're always reinventing ourselves in various ways. And uh, also the platforms we use, the venues we, we congregate on, they're always being reinvented as well. So yeah, I've kind of wandered through, <laughs> wandered through a lot of things, but they always kind of came back in some way to what's new and what is changing. Because to me, that's usually the most interesting place to be. And it's also tends to be the most lucrative. I couldn't agree more. What, what a fascinating journey. And thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lucy. It's been a pleasure. So that's it for the growth business for this month. Do let me know if you've enjoyed this episode and do follow Steve on LinkedIn. You will learn such a lot. But for now, goodbye. <laughs>